Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead. And on this episode, uh, a little something different. Let's talk about your career. Lately, I've been getting a bunch of emails from folks asking about how maybe you can think about becoming financially free. So Irene G, Sunil J, Tiffany A, Shanice K, and Jeff H, this one's for you. Now, in 2019, uh, CNBC reported that 27% of Americans, so almost 30%, would have to borrow or sell something to pay for a $400 emergency. That was in 2019. Uh, TheNation.com reports in 2018, 4% of American adults reported not having enough food. And by July of 2020, that figure had exploded to 11%, and they say it will probably continue to increase as the pandemic worsens. And most recently, Pew Research finds that one in four American adults have had trouble paying their bills since the coronavirus outbreak started. And so the reality is one of the painful truths that this pandemic has exposed is how financially vulnerable many of us are. And uh, listen, if you're financially uh, hurting, I want you to know my heart goes out to you. For what it's worth, I grew up struggling in a home run by a single mother, and I know what that's like. I also know what it's like to have a business fail. My first business failed miserably, and when we wrapped the business around uh, the the lamppost, uh, it was during a recession, and I had, as a result of the business failure, a mountain of debt, and to put it mildly, I was shitting myself. So uh, for what it's worth, I've been in some pretty challenging financial situations in my life. And what I'm here to tell you is you can turn it around. So let's talk about how you go from working to make money to having money work for you. And the goal here is a very simple one to understand. When your investment income pays your living expenses, you're financially free. And that's a very powerful day in a person's life. And so I want to share with you a few things I've learned along the way. And it's also important to know I am in no way, shape, or form a financial advisor, accountant, or anything of the like. I'm just a guy that's learned a few things along the way. And uh, I've been taught a few things by some legendary folks. And because some of you asked, I'm going to try and share some of those learnings. Uh, My friends at Oracle NetSuite are the number one business system in the cloud. Check out uh, netsuite.com slash different today. That's netsuite.com slash different and learn how to manage your business with precision. My friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything, bringing data to every question, every decision, and every action. Check out splunk.com slash D, the number two, and the letter E. And we have launched Category Pirates. It's the uh, authority, the first newsletter committed to category design and category creation. Check it out at lockhead.com slash contact, and you can sign up there. Lockhead.com slash contact will get you set up for category pirates. Now, hey-ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. Okay, now I think it's important to underscore again, 
I am no accountant. I am no financial planner. I am not qualified in this area in any way, shape, or form. Uh, as a matter of fact, grade three math was the hardest 12 years of my life. <laughs> so know that. What I'm going to share with you is some things that I have been taught by people who are experts in this area. All right. The objective ultimately is to build a financial uh, nest egg. And over time, what we're trying to do is convert getting paid for our time to getting paid from investments. Uh, my buddy, my brother from another mother, Tim Rode, he's the founder of One Life Fully Lived and the founder of uh, legendary men's super group, super networking, super community, whatever, uh, called Go Abundance of Male Entrepreneurs. And, you know, he has a very simple way of describing this. Uh, what you're looking to create is what you could think of as passive or horizontal income that is equal to or greater than your monthly expenses. And if you get there, you are, in uh, Tim's words, financially free. And I love this term horizontal income. I don't know why they call it horizontal, but um, I like to think of it as horizontal because it's money that rolls in while you're laying down. <laughs> and Timmy uh, did it primarily in real estate, but there's many ways you can do this. So what you're trying to do is build a nest egg that you can make investments in. So how do you fucking do that? Well, the math is actually fairly simple. The trick here is first, live as far below your means as possible. After my business, first business failed, and I came within inches of personal bankruptcy, uh, I decided I was never going to live um, above my means, that is to say, more than what I could afford ever again. And ever since then, I was about 21 at the time, I have lived far below my means. And there's a mantra you might hear in the um, financial world, financial planning world called pay yourself first. And so what you're really looking for is the delta between your monthly after-tax income and your monthly expenses. That's what you can put in your nest egg. The other one is uh, people who, particularly newer people, younger people, newer people in their career, they forget about after-tax income. And, uh, you know, the simple math is if you make 100 bucks, assume 50 bucks is going to the government. Now, depending on your tax bracket, and again, caveat, caveat, I'm no tax accountant, it may be less than 50%. Hopefully, it's less than 50%, but that's a simple way to think about it. So for every 100 bucks you make, we're all in business with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam takes his cut and we get the other half. Okay, so what we're looking at is we have to calculate our monthly expenses and then our monthly after-tax income. And anything above that is what we can put into our nest egg. And so those are the primary levers that we have. So in order to create a nest egg that starts producing horizontal income, you can A, lower your expenses, or B, increase your after-tax income. And if you do both, you'll have even more money to build uh, your nest egg. Now, you know, here's the problem. Most people become slaves to their job because they make a big fucking mistake. As soon as they start to make some money, they increase their expenses 
Maybe they buy a house or go to a nicer apartment or they decide I'm sick of driving my shitty car. I'm going to buy a new car or they buy a Gucci bag or whatever it is they do. And look, I'm not saying that if you get a raise or something or a promotion or a new job and you want to sort of treat yourself by all means, but smart people keep their expenses low. They drive used cars. They live in a place that maybe is not the greatest place, but it's an okay place. And they pay themselves first because if we do this, over time, we will cease being slaves to a job. What we're trying to do here is trade hours for revenue such that you can build that nest egg. Legendary people convert their sweat revenue into investments that sweat for you. So there's a simple question here. Ask yourself, how can I reduce my expenses? And how can I increase my after-tax income and as a result, stuff as much as possible into our nest egg? Now, just a couple things to keep in mind here. Uh, I see this mistake that young people make a lot. And I learned this, I read a book when I was uh, very young after my first big failure called The Wealthy Barber. It's a Canadian book, but it's, I believe it's been adapted for the U.S. It's still out and it's freaking great. One of the things in The Wealthy Barber that um, uh, David Chilton, the author, makes very clear is no credit card debt. If you listen to most financial planning experts, what you'll hear is that credit card debt is a surefire way to keep yourself enslaved. And so here's a revolutionary concept when you want to buy something save up. Don't buy shit you can't afford. And if you want to buy something expensive that you can't afford, don't buy it on credit. Save up for it and pay for it with cash. Because if you're paying, I don't know what the interest rates are on credit cards now. I haven't paid a credit card interest bill probably since I was in my mid-20s. But some of them are 18 or 20% or maybe even higher. That shit will kill you. And if you have that shit, there are banks, and again, I'm no expert, so seek out expertise on this stuff, caveat, caveat, but there are banks, if you're a good person with a reasonable financial track record, who will give you a loan at a lower interest rate so that you can pay this shit off, have a lower interest rate, consolidate the debt. Anyway, check that out. Get out of credit card debt as quickly as you can. Don't buy shit you can't afford and uh, and save up. Now, Um, when's the best time to start doing this stuff? Well, the best time to start doing this is in your late teens or early twenties. So if you're a young person, get on it. And after my first failure, I read the wealthy barber and I got on it. And I'll tell you me today, thanks the 25 year old me very much. Now, if for whatever reason you didn't do that and you're not 20, the best time to get started is now. It's never too late to start building your nest egg. Um, Okay. Uh, Also, just as a side note, if you work in technology and you have stock options or restricted stock, I'll tell you what my accountant Greg told me almost 25 years ago. Sell that stock every time you can sell part of that stock. What he told me is a disproportionate of your net worth is tied up in one company's stock. And so when you have an opportunity to sell, you should sell and quote unquote dollar cost average out. 
So again, I'm not giving you that advice. I'm telling you what Greg told me. And what I am telling you is to be very thoughtful about how you manage your stock options. I would also uh, encourage you to ask questions about your stock option policy. When can you sell? Are there restrictions on how much you can sell? And one of the big gotchas in Silicon Valley is how much time you have to sell your stock when you leave a company if you quit or get fired. If you're looking at a new job, ask that question now. If you're in a job and you don't know the answer to that, ask that question now. Uh, Because a lot of employees in Silicon Valley are in for a very rude awakening when they find out they have a very short period of time to sell the stock after they leave. And if the company's private, selling the stock might be very difficult. So I would encourage you to talk to your HR folks about the company's stock option policy, because over time, in a lot of companies, it's gotten much more restrictive and it's made it very, very hard for employees to sell their stock options, particularly in any way that makes sense after they leave the company. Oh, and remember one other thing. Your stock options ain't worth shit until you sell them, pay your taxes, and make a bank deposit. And so you're, you're, Greg schooled me on this. Um, uh, you may have a, a paper net worth, but there's a big difference between your stock supposedly, that's the word people use today, supposedly. I don't know how that, how that became a word, but I digress. That your net worth on paper ain't worth shit. And I could tell you, uh, I've owned stock in companies that was supposedly very valuable. And, uh, and today the paper's just uh, maybe worth wiping your butt with it. All right, here's another cold, hard truth that Greg schooled me in many, many years ago. Assume that the return you'll get on your nest egg, whether you're investing in stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever you're investing in, again, talk to a financial planner and build a balanced portfolio that makes sense for you. But what Greg told me is, assume that your nest egg will produce 5% net of taxes and fees. 5% over time. And so planning for anything more is stupid than that. So I've always taken that advice and been very conservative. If you're working with a financial planner, always make sure that you ask, what's the return net of taxes and fees? When you talk to your accountants, same thing. What's the return on our investment net of taxes and fees? If you get a statement from your stockbroker or your investment advisor, whatever it is, make sure they're showing you how much their fees are and what your net net is. And then when you look at that number, talk to your accountant and say, well, you know, we made X in the stock market in the last three months assume uh, you're going to have to pay a bunch of taxes on that and ask your accountant what that'll be. And like I mentioned, back of the envelope, roughly 50% is the number that uh, many people keep in their minds. But planning for more than 5% can be dangerous. If you do any better than that, that's legendary for you. That's the mindset that Greg trained me in. So what does that mean? Here's the sobering part. If you build a nest egg of a million dollars, it will yield 50 grand a year on average net of taxes and fees. So if you want to live on $100,000 a year, that is to say your expenses are $100,000 a year, uh, you'll need a nest egg of 2 million bucks. 
All right, so that's just a quick data dump from a guy who's not an expert but has learned from some experts along the way. Uh, a couple of resources I'll point you to. These are all in the show notes at lockhead.com if you want to go check them out. There'll be click-throughs. The Wealthy Barber by David Chilton, legendary book. Another legendary book that's in a similar vein is, is, that you might have heard of is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, then there's another legendary book. We had these guys on, uh, on Follow Your Different uh, a while back uh, called Tribe of Millionaires. Tribe of Millionaires uh, by my friends David Osborne, Pat Hyben, Mike McCarthy, and the aforementioned legendary Timmy Tim Tim Road. Uh, and then there's another book written by David Osborne you also might want to check out called Wealth Can't Wait. All right, so here's what I'd leave you with. You know, this pandemic has taught us one thing about our financial lives, and that is being financially insecure sucks. It can be terrifying. It can be stay awake at night terrifying, and it has been for many of our sisters and brothers, and I know that terror, and my personal hope is that nobody has to experience that terror uh, for much of their lives. So achieving financial security for yourself and your family is an extraordinary thing. It gives people a, a level of personal freedom and agency that is quite remarkable. And so the strategy here is to start off by working for money and then getting that money to work for you. All right. We would like to thank our good friends at Otranet, building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check them out, A-T-R-E-N-E-T today. Uh, speaking of legendary marketing, you want to do legendary marketing in Australia, check out my friends at rapidmedia.com.au. Also, I'd like to remind you, Category Pirates newsletter. It's rocking and rolling. We are set in sale. Go to lockhead.com slash contact, fill out the form, and we will set you up with Category Pirates. All right, I need to remind you that this podcast is a sole property of the Logcast. Log, you know, if you're going to have a podcast, Lockhead, learn how to say your name. The Lockhead Oddcast Network. <laughs> I don't know why I fucked that up. It definitely goes better with libations. Please don't forget to tip your wait staff. If you like it enough to listen, why not share this oddcast with your whole team? It's the biggest compliment you can give us. Today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. Please consult your lawyer, shaman, mystic, accountant, financial planner, doctor, and most importantly, bartender before acting on any of today's information. Remember, don't be lame. Get out of the passing lane, Prius drivers. I'm talking to you. We are produced and edited by the living legend, the GOAT, Jason DeFilippo. Check out his legendary podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary technical execution around here, and they build Lockhead.com. Show notes by uh, the wonderful Diane Gervasio. Candy Dandy keeps all the trains running on time. Remember, Tom Waits was right. Listen to Van Halen. Stay legendary. Stay safe. Thank you so much for investing part of your life with me. And the thought I'll leave you with today comes from Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who said, The money you have gives you freedom. The money you pursue enslaves you. 